What does motion sound like? With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, it sounds a little something like this. Experience the magic of motion. Get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. Hello. Yo. Hi. Hi, Abe. Sam and Bass. Hello, Bass. Hello, Abe. <laughs> you know what I've realized over the last few weeks? What's that? That I did create the selfie. Do so. I honestly think I created the selfie. I, I honestly don't think you did, but I want to hear why. Everybody, anybody who's ever had a camera has attempted a selfie at least 7,000 times. Base, I'm not so, talking about 2018. I'm talking about back in... No, I'm saying since the camera was invented, even when I had one of those little, uh, the wind-up ones where you switch it back and forth, you're like, well, here's an attempt at a selfie. It may or may not work, but here we go. No. I created the <laughs> selfie where it actually looks like a selfie. Not where you like took a picture of your chest and say, "Oh, I guess this one didn't come out." <laughs> I started. Hey, you know se- I've, learned, I've learned over the years, base. Just you got to just got to acknowledge it. Just say, "Yep, you did create it." <laughs> no, let me explain. Move on. All right. I created the cell phone selfie. Okay. We've talked about the Suge Knight picture a million times, but I just found now the picture of when I worked out with Hulk Hogan in South Beach. Now, this was 2006. The Suge Knight picture was, I believe, 2002-ish. Can we also, can we also uh, just clean this part up a little bit and just go, you didn't work out with Hulk Hogan. You two were at the same gym together. Not true. I it, was, wasn't like, it, wasn't like, it wasn't like the two of you were went to the gym together and you guys were working in between sets. I saw Hulk Hogan. That's, that's, a, good, so that's a good point, Base. The story has always been that Abe saw him and they actually did work out together. Is that what really happened? Let me explain. Nobody else was there. Okay. Okay, so when I lived in South Beach in Miami, I worked out at Crunch, which is where Hulk Hogan worked out at. I saw him there, and I had met him at Q101, which is the radio station I worked at before I moved to Miami. I went up to him. He claimed he remembered me, which I'm sure he didn't, whatever. So I did hover around him. He was working out with some, I believe the guy was a jobber. In wrestling, they call these guys jobbers who lose every match. Like one of those guys who has like, you know, the... um. They wear pant like leather pants with flames on them. My brother and I we used to call those guys the weak guys. They're always so weak. Like every time you'd be like, what was the guy's name? Like Barry Winslow or something. Harwood. Barry Harwood. Barry Harwood. And you're like, ah, oh, that's a weak guy. You know, you know what Sam and I used to call those guys? Stupid guys. Yeah, we called them stupid guys. Have you ever went to like a house show? Like Barry Harwood came out to like 20 wrestling matches and lost every one of my five minutes. <laughs> And now, again, still in the ring, Barry Horowitz. And Barry Horowitz would come out. He wouldn't even have any intro music. He would just walk out. Yeah, he would just be standing in the ring. Like, and, he is fi- and he is fighting from Venice Beach, California. <laughs> oh, Like, ah, this isn't a real match. Well, you knew you were a horrible wrestler when they would say, currently in the ring, <laughs> Barry Horowitz. And his opponent, <laughs> <laughs> from Toronto, Earthquake! Yeah, if, if the wrestler got there before the ring announcer got up there, chances are you were losing that back. So he was there with a guy who looked like Jim the Anvil Nightheart without the beard. Picture a guy like that, okay? Yeah. A, a slob jobber. They were working out. I talked to the Hulkster. <laughs> I'm like, hey, yeah, I remember you, brother. Blah, blah, blah. Now, keep in mind, 
that I told the Hulkster, and the, Sam, could you verify this? Could you verify the story before I tell it about The Rock and Hulk Hogan? Could you verify that I told you this before it happened? Yeah. Okay. A year or two, at least a year before, maybe the greatest match in WWE history, when The Rock wrestled, and, and if you don't like wrestling, it doesn't matter. It, this has nothing to do with wrestling. This is a good story, because I created maybe the biggest match in wrestling history. Now, I was working at Q101. The Hulkster and I were sitting in a side studio together talking for a long time. Do you believe that, Sam and Bass? I mean, I mean, it's true, but I mean, could you believe that? Like, like if I found a bag of gold, could you believe it? Can you believe I found this bag of gold? You know what? Yes, I believe it, but I, I just want to interject. I want to interject this, Tom. <laughs> what Abe's about to do is he's, gonna, he's going to say that he had a discussion with Hulk Hogan about fighting The Rock, right? <laughs> and that okay. after that discussion, shortly thereafter... They actually had the match. The issue, the problem with that philosophy is that he's assuming that the people in WWE would not take the two biggest wrestlers of that time and have them fight the match. Yeah, but not the way, but not the way, not the way I told them to do it. Having Hogan fight The Rock was really not that much of a stretch. It was bound to happen when they were in the same company. I know, but I told him. He, he, He wasn't doing anything at the time. I said, Hulkster, you should have The Rock come out and say that he's the real Hollywood, and he could be a heel, come out with like sunglasses on and everything, and be a bad guy. And the Hulkster told me, brother, that's a good idea. I'm talking to Vince next week. I'm going to bring that up. I swear to God he said that. And I told you, Sam, before I told you I had this conversation with the Hulkster, and then like a year later... Saying, so what, you honestly believe that no, one's ever, no one ever thought that, including the Hulkster himself. <laughs> Sam, when I told him... I consider that. Sam, when I told you the story way before it really happened, though, he wasn't even in WWE yet. And he said, brother, that's a good idea. I'm going to talk to Vince. And I told you that verbatim when it happened. I know. I'm just saying it's not. Or the, uh, he said he said kind of thing, so I don't believe you. <laughs> well, I, I Sam could verify that I told him the whole story. And base, yeah, I probably told you, too. Because you told the story doesn't mean it happened. Why would I make that up and then, like, a story that made no sense at all until it happened a year later? Why would I tell Sam some fake story about The Rock and Hogan? That would make, oh, Sam, guess what? That'd be like me telling because Sam now. Because you, you know that Sam's a giant wrestling fan and a giant Hulk fan, and you could have easily just blown over on him just to make him even more jealous. And then it happened a year later, and then Sam's like, oh, you were right. Whatever. I, Sam knows that's a true story because I told him when it happened. When I saw the Hulkster... Years later at the Crunch Gym in South Beach. I like that you still refer to him as the Hulkster. That's, what his, that's his name. So the Hulksters, they're working out with these like yeah, tight, tight Zubas on. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he actually, some girl walked by. He grabbed her by her hand. He looked like he wanted to bang her. I didn't know that he was, I didn't know he had a wandering eye. I thought he was a very, very um, committed. committed man, a, a one-woman man. You were. But I digress, brother. So anyways, the Hulkster, I told him, like, hey, remember we had that conversation about The Rock? He's like, yeah, brother, I remember you. Oh, of course, brother. Of course, I, th- I think about it every day. And then I was saying, like, oh, how's Brooke and all this stuff? Just yeah. stuff, <laughs> stuff I could care less about. Yeah, Brooke's making a new album, whatever. So then I was, so, okay, so then I, I'll admit I was hovering around the Hulkster and that jobber, okay? We're gonna, so I was. How was the jobber acting? He was just whatever the Hulkster was saying. And, and you know what's funny? They were talking about Macho Man and Brian Adams, who was Crush, and they were saying like that Brian Adams wanted to kick Hogan's ass or something. 
and he got like thrown down a flight of stairs by some. So like he, they were talking shit about Macho Man and Brian Adams, all this stuff. Whatever that doesn't matter. Let me just get to it real quick. Okay, so I was hovering around the Hulkster and the Jobber while they were working out. I'll admit that, but then this is where it all turned. I was doing the uh, the tri. You know the tricep machine where um how do I explain it? You have your hands on the two handles and you push down like it's behind your back yeah. almost. Yeah. I was on that machine. The Hulkster was staring at me from across the room. I swear to God. His hands on his hips, looking over and nodding like an approving father, a happy approving father. And he said, that's a good machine, brother. Like, he he really liked the way I was. (laughs) He liked the way I was handling this machine. Did he, then, did he then get deliver a leg drop to the job that he was working out with? <laughs> Freak out. He went out of his way to look. He was staring because he was smiling at me because he liked the way I was handling this machine. Because, of course, I had a lot of weight. I, that doesn't matter. It wasn't like that much weight, but I was, you know, trying to impress the Hulkster, of course. I put on the whole rack of weight, which isn't that much, whatever. <laughs> so he said, that's a good machine, brother. And he was nodding and smiling. <laughs> then that started up the conversation. And then I was working out next to him and that guy, and we were talking the whole time. Did you guys slap high fives like in the movie The Predator when Arnold Schwarzenegger and Carl Weathers slap five, and they like are trying to arm wrestle in the middle of the air <laughs> with their arms like bulging muscles? No, but it was... Uh, it, I mean, I was doing my thing. He was doing his thing while we were talking. And the jobber was talking, too. Now, were we spotting right. each other? No, but I was there for like an hour working out with the Hulkster. So, to bring this back full circle, at the end of his nodding approval... Did you go, hey, Hulkster, I am going to try this, what I am now calling forever, the selfie. Oh, no. Then I just said, hey, can I get a quick picture? He's like, yeah, brother. Or he's like, get in here or something. And then we took it. And I said it. Yeah, that was and that was the whole point of this. You're right. So then I took, I took the second ever. The first ever selfie was me and Suge Knight. The second ever cell phone selfie was me and Hulk Hogan. If you want to see it, it's up on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook right now. <laughs> So, yes. Okay, well, that's fine. But I, I want to get back to this, this workout. So was that the only, like, the way you tell this story is that you guys were spotting each other and that you guys No, I just said take, there was no spot. Turns. All well, you did well, was and that, and that's where look I, over I and in. say a machine was good. I mean, that was the whole. No, then we, then, then we continued to work out in that same area at the same time while talking. Okay. He was talking about, like, his, his truck and some other things. And then they were talking, this girl, this girl who walked by is like, yeah, he's like, oh, I'll give you a hug. He said stuff like that. I remember (laughs) anything he said, the jobber was was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was before, that was before the Me Too movement. You didn't even think twice about that. You're like, that's just how these guys are, right? Now, no, she, she was all, she was all over him. It wasn't like, it wasn't really out of line. And the jobber, you know, he's like, yeah, (laughs) yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) Yeah, brother. So uh, I'm going to do, yeah, 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 yeah. It's pretty much what he was just nodding. In a, at anything the Hulkster would say, he was really excited. Because he was happy to be there. Sure. And, then, and then he had to go get the car, I remember, the jobber. And you know, I saw... So, so Hulk Hogan had a yellow pickup truck that he would always park out at the meters outside the gym. And I saw that a bunch of times. So that's why a lot of the time when I would see that truck outside, I knew the Hulkster was there. So I, you always like... When you'd see it, you'd always go in? Well, I was, I was, I'd only go past her when I was going in anyway. It was just so I'm like, oh, the Hulkster must be here. And then when I was leaving, when I, was, when I lost my job in Miami, I was filling out the forms to cancel my membership, and the Hulkster walked in. He knew it was me, and then he patted me on the back, and he's like, what's going on, brother? 
Wow. Like, I was sitting in a chair. He, he went He went out of his way. He, touched, he, like, patted me on the back when he was walking out. Like, he saw me. I didn't even acknowledge him. And he, he like, hey, Ulster, this is the last time you're going to see me here. I'm heading back to Chicago. No, I didn't want to tell him that. I didn't want to ruin it. <laughs> you, that, don't to, you don't want to ruin his day. <laughs> but that was a beautiful way to end our relationship as workout partners. Sure. Him, him, him acknowledging leave, me. I'm going to give you one more wrestling plot. To go back to Vince McMahon way. <laughs> <laughs> I have one more idea, Hulkster. You you wear a mask and call yourself the Patriot. I like it, brother. I like it. I like it. At some point, The Rock is going to be a giant movie star. That's when you need to take the reign. We, we always said the best way to meet a celebrity is that way, right? Because we've met a ton of celebrities. Like, Bates, you just met Joe Walsh the other day. He came to the radio station. It's I not did. It's not as cool meet. Like, I met Ice Cube at the radio station, which was awesome because I actually, you know, I'm a producer for Ice Cube. Like, a fi- an official audio producer. Do you guys know that? You're an official I, audio I, I producer for Ice Cube. Yes. So, Ice Cube, when he was there, he asked me if I could help him make a commercial for his big three tournament. He's like, yo, I got to I got to oh, do right, yeah. And I produced the commercial for him, so I'm an official Ice Cube producer. It is one thing to be like a celebrity at a radio station when it's organized that you're going to meet somebody. It's definitely even weirder, like, organically, where you happen to be someplace and a celebrity rolls up on you. Like no, that. it's way better. Like, when you and I met Scottie Pippen, we were in walking. A garage. Yeah, we were, he was coming out of a garage, and Bass goes, you're Scottie Pippen. You always make it seem as if I say these people's names as if they don't know that's their own name. I swear to God, you say it, Bass. You say, you're Scotty no, Pippen. I don't. I, I just went, yo, what's up, Scotty? No, no, you said, you're Scotty Pippen. I'll never forget oh, it, Bass. I, I, have, I have a great memory. No, oh, your memory is not that good. It is. And I, I, I specifically no, remember I, you I, I know for a fact. All I know is, what up, Scotty? What's up? And then he ignored us. And then when he was crossing the street, like ten feet away, he looked over. He's like, "What's up, fellas?" <laughs> Sam, you you saw Paul Stanley from Kiss on the street, right? And he said he wasn't Paul Stanley or something. Yeah, well, no. So I was with a friend, and um, we saw Paul. We were actually in college, and we saw Paul Stanley. Um, we were actually in college, and we were downtown, and we saw Paul Stanley walking with. Some handler, some weird guy. He was like walking towards uh, uh, Macy's. So my friend is a huge Kiss fan. So he's like, let's just follow him for a little bit, like from a safe distance. <laughs> so I was like, all right, that's fine. So we're like, we're like, it was, it was like this, like this, like incognito mission. We're like, kind of like keeping an eye on him and following him around. And I don't know, like how it was going to end, but what actually happened was somebody else approached him, and he's like. Uh, are, he's like, are you Paul Stanley? And he was like, no, I get that all the time though. And it was, it was definitely Paul Stanley. And he's like, <laughs> and was he wearing like, sure? was he wearing like a Paul Stanley esque like like tight jeans and boots? Well, yeah, he had on like these like skin tight jeans with this like dress shirt tucked in with like only like one button button. All this, like, <laughs> out. His hair was like perfectly coiffed and permed. Um, <laughs> he smelled like eighteen gallons of like. Old Spice cologne. <laughs> I mean, it was definitely his face. He had like partial makeup on his face, like not like not like the kiss makeup, but he was yeah. still like rock band makeup. I mean, it was definitely him. So this guy's like, 
I know you're him, man. He's like, no, I get that a lot. He's like, he's a really cool guy. He's like, I know he is. I really wish I was. And it was funny because at that point we got closer. And he was, like, fucking with this guy. And he kept saying, no, no. He's like, I wish I was, man. I get that all the time, but I really can't help you out. So then he looked at my friend and he winked. Like, as if to, like, say, like, I know you're a fan, too, and I'm definitely Paul Stanley. And that was a really cool moment my friend was yeah. like. That wink was better than a picture, right? Yeah, yeah. It was cool. Um, but, yeah, he was really being a dick to the other fan. The other guy was, like, probably this massive Kiss fan, too, who had his dream shattered. And we got the <laughs> wink. And base the greatest ever, and we've talked about this a million times, but when you met Exhibit at, what was it, Target? <laughs> it was at a Target in Los Angeles. And and bass was like talking to his brother and exhibits like, yo, your voice is crazy, man. Yo, your voice is crazy, man. And then you guys went to like the cheesecake factory. He picked you up. Then he had you. He had you. Oh, we've talked about this on the podcast because we remember we looked it up. He had bass say, right. "What do you have you say? Get your what was what was the line? Put your bars up." And there's a song with exhibit, and you can look it up on YouTube where you hear bass saying, "Put your bars up." That is crazy. So he he used it in some kind of mixtape, and aren't those all so much better than like than when you're at the radio station and like Sean Wayans comes in or something? Like it's just not as cool. <laughs> like Sam, you're right. It is. It is. I mean, even though sometimes you'll be like somebody in the radio station, like holy shit, this is Ice Cube. That's that's awesome. But when it's a random like, oh my god, I'm I'm walking down the street and there's that guy. It definitely is a really cool thing. Like, Sam, you met John Mellencamp at Abercrombie or something, right? Yeah, it was kind of weird, actually. I I didn't really have much of an interaction with him, except I saw he was in, he was actually still married to Elaine. What was, it, what was her name? Elaine Irwin? Was that her name? I don't know. I know he was with Meg well, Ryan. Was it Elaine Bennett? That's who I was thinking. <laughs> no, her, well, she definitely Okay. She was married to a model. Her name was Elaine something. I think it was Elaine Irwin. I could be wrong. But at the time, she was Elaine Mellencamp. So I was in Abercrombie, like an idiot, shopping there um, when I was like, oh, I was like 21, 22. And it was, I saw him and her walk in, and he looked very pissed off about being there. And she was in there buying all these clothes, and he was like sitting there just like shaking his head and everything. She was like showing him, and he just looked so disgusted. And I, I wanted to approach him because I was a fan, but I knew he was in a bad mood for being in there. Like, he was totally Mel. He had, like, a corduroy jacket on and, like, <laughs> lead jeans. He was, like, total John Mellencamp. Like, <laughs> just like you see him in a video or on a live show. And why he I, laughed. I, I've heard he's a giant dickhead. I have, too. I didn't know that at the time. I, pro- I mean, if it was, if all things were equal, I probably would have went up to him and probably got my heart broken by him being jerk. <laughs> he would have just punched you in the I, face. In my head, <laughs> it's like in my in my head, I almost could see him like smoking a cigarette in Abercrombie. I don't know if that actually happened or not, or if I just added <laughs> over time. But when he laughed, one of the workers goes to me and he's like, "Dude, was that John Mellencamp?" And I was like, "Yep." And he was not very happy to be in here, which is why I didn't say a word to him. But um, his wife walked out of there with like a thousand dollars worth of clothes. I don't know what, she, and I don't know what she was doing because she was like, she was like fifty years old buying all these Abercrombie jeans. It's kind of weird, but could you imagine Sam if Mellencamp just slapped you in the face? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I know if I would have approached him, it would not have ended well. I knew by his facial expression that he wasn't going to be happy about a fan inter- interaction. 
especially a fan who was shopping at Abercrombie where he didn't want to be. One of the best ones was um, right after. So I, I, I was doing a morning show with our, my friend Sludge. I lost my job. After I've talked about this a million times too, but after we did a week long food drive, we lived outside for a week. We had just finished the food drive. I was handed Chinese Democracy by Guns N' Roses. It had just came out. I got the first copy that you know that the station got. They're like, "We want here take this a because we know there's no bigger Guns N' Roses fan than you." It was like the greatest day ever, and then I got fired literally after a week long food drive. So after that, Sludge and I went to Hooters to just have you know just to eat. And we walked in, and there were these like guys all wearing like affliction shirts, like skulls and crosses. And we were laughing. I'm like, God, what is that hinder or something? And then we were laughing for like half an hour, making fun of them. And then like 15 minutes later, the waitress comes over and she goes, "Have you guys ever heard of hinder?" Yeah, that is good. I do remember I was in a. I used to work in Nike Town when I first moved to Chicago, and I remember working as a, like a cashier, and these two girls as a cashier next to me go. Ooh, girl, look at that. That's Nelly over there. <laughs> Nelly was there. And I was like, oh, my God. That's like when he, like that country grammar first came out. I was yeah. Like, Holy shit, that's him. And we're all staring at him. And then some other dude, like, walked up. Like, a customer was like, yo, you know where the football jerseys are? And we were all like, I have no idea. It's somewhere over there. And then one of the guys goes, you guys know you just told Donovan McNabb to walk away, right? I was like, Donovan McNabb? <laughs> what? And meanwhile, Donovan McNabb was like, yo, it was like a TV show. Like, <laughs> someone else was like, yo, you know he just waved off Donovan McNabb. I'm like, oh, <laughs> Well, it turns out that was a good move, Base, because if you read the text that he was sending to the uh, to the girls at, like, the NFL <laughs> Network or whatever. <laughs> he was He's a guy who lost his job because of the Me Too. I forgot what he said, but it was, like, something about, yo, girl, you wet or something. <laughs> yeah, it was something. Is that what he said? It was vulgar. It was, yeah, it, it was, it was wow. bad. He said something vulgar. I don't remember what it was, but it was like, wow. Extreme. Let me look it up because it was, it was really bad. I remember. I want to say it was something about wet. It says, it's, <laughs> it says, uh, let's see. Texting her lewd messages, including asking her if she was a squirter, as well as telling her, look like the kind of girl that <laughs> squirted when getting fucked. Oh my god, it's even worse. McNabb also texted her to come C U M to dinner with me and why don't you C U M over after work? Wow. <laughs> so base, that was actually a good move ignoring him. <laughs> I won't say who it was because I don't know if this is public knowledge, but Base and I or no, it wasn't Base, it was Sludge and I. We were out with um this former NFL quarterback, and he actually ended up getting fired for like some kind of sexual harassment stuff. And he pulled out his phone. He's like, I'm going to send another picture of my baby arm. And he was sending pictures of his his penis to people. And he kept like trying to show everyone his penis. The guy was like a loser. I think I know the guy guy you're talking about, and I believe it. Yeah. (laughs) Wasn't he a real real jerk to you? No, he was okay. But I think he was like really cocky. He was a loser. Who says that? He's like, yeah, check out my baby arm, guys. <laughs> and I remember he was like showing God. it at the table, but I was too far away. And Ditka wow. was at Mike Ditka was there too. I remember, like, and Ditka was just <laughs> laughing, like this guy's that, crazy. That is the origin of a selfie. <laughs> <laughs> if you're mad enough to take a picture of your dick and show it to a table where Mike Ditka <laughs> is there, that, my friend, he wins the war. I think Ditka, like, got up and left. He was like, you're crazy. He, like, shook his head and just got up. <laughs> we know how 
you get something that has no pants on. Yeah, Dick, yeah then Dick is, <laughs> Dick is like, that's a good idea. <laughs> Can you imagine Dicka trying to send a penis picture to someone? Yeah, I know. Like, oh, Sean, uh, uh, I almost said the guy's name. Uh, this guy, this guy, this guy, <laughs> this guy uh, showed me a picture of his penis, and I heard that's how you get girls. Oh, you, you really? Oh, you, I know you can't say that's right. I was going to say, did you sign an NDA or something? I could say it, but I mean, I don't know. No, no, don't. You shouldn't say it. Actually, I know. I'm not going to say it, but it's just funny. Like, <laughs> what if it one of those like Jesus, Dicka? What's what? What's that wearing a helmet? That's not a helmet. That's my dick. Yeah, it's my baby arm. You know, speaking of celebrities, I had the, one of the greatest phone calls ever. I, do you guys get a lot of spam calls where it looks like your number? It's the same first three numbers? Yeah, I've, I've been getting those for like three weeks now. What is Dude, it? Dude, oh, it was my phone number that the guy called me with, and he asked for my name. And I go, how'd you get my phone number? And the guy goes, and, he, and I could tell it was a scam because he just started laughing. And I was like, no, who, how did you get my? How, how did you guys make it look like it's my phone number? And he started laughing. I, go, I talked to the manager. He goes, you're talking to the manager. Then he hung up on me. Okay, because I always get I get those calls all the time, right? And they're like, "Can I speak to Abraham Canaan? Abraham Canaan?" So I started making up fake names. <laughs> I would always say like, "Oh, this is John Edwards," just any name that would come to my head. But I started telling everyone my name was Snake Sabo, and that's the guy from Skid <laughs> Row. And I swear, I had a guy call me and ask for Snake Sabo the other day. <laughs> it was it was one of the greatest <laughs> things ever. That is great. Can I speak to Snake Sabo? I'm like, who? <laughs> because what they do I is... I don't know how the name Snake Sabo was on your mind. You were trying to think of a fake name. Snake Sabo came up. For some reason, I would always say John Edwards. I don't know why I'd use the name John Edwards, but it was just like a normal name, right? I'd say Ron Turner. Like, I would just use... Yeah, I'm like, John, John Edwards is a little bit more understandable because those are like two very common names. Snake Sabo is definitely not a common name. But so, so today I got a call and he asked for Abraham and I said, no, no, this is Snake Sabo. And the guy goes, oh, okay, yeah, whoever this is, I'm calling for you. I'm like, well, wait, did you say, who are you looking for? He goes, oh, Snake Sabo. He said it today, too. And I'm like, wait, you've been, I'm like, but you just said Abraham Ken. He's like, no, no, I think, I think you misunderstood when I first called. And then they become assholes. They, like, talk shit to you and then hang up or whatever. But it was the, really? great, the greatest thing ever was a guy calling and asking for Snake Sabo. Because they obviously put my name down. They're like, oh, no, no, his real name is Snake Sabo. So if they ever call you, if you get those calls, give them a fake name. Instead of having a laugh about your name, like, God, this guy's name is Snake Sabo. <laughs> they don't know the difference. They're calling from, like, India or something. Yeah. They're Mr. Gabba Khan. You know, now an Indian baby was named Snake Sabo because of that. Like, I am looking for a Snake Sabo. A Western name, like Snake Sabo Roger Gopal or something. <laughs> But you have to stay consistent. Like, if you want to give someone a name, just keep saying, like, oh, this is Bad News Brown or something. <laughs> like, just, oh, no, no, it's Coco. Base, why don't you tell people you're Coco Beware? I'm going to stick uh, with Snake Sabo. And then, Sam, you could be, like, Kip Winger or something. Like, everyone just give a name. Yeah. And just, you have to wait. You have to, like, really wait it out. Like, this is the first time I got it. I did get a John Edwards call before. Can I speak to John Edwards? But I never, like, I, I really wrote out the Snake Sable. Like, I said I was Snake Sable at least. Like, I've, I still do it, too. So you have to, like, really ride it out. Tell everyone your name is Snake Sable and see if they call you back as Snake Sable. You know, I just don't answer those calls. 
Well, sometimes that's, that's another that's another that's another way to handle that. Sometimes, <laughs> sometimes you just want to entertain yourself, though. Like I if you're bored, I get that. Like for yeah. instance, there's been time, there, to be honest, though, there's times where I, I'm like, you take my name off the list, or hey, you're calling him business line, take it off the list. You know when you say that, what they yeah. do, right? They just make it. Let's call him double as many times. Yeah. Put him on super call. Call to super call. <laughs> Fuck him. <laughs> Put him on Super Call. Well, I, I, used to, I used to work as a telemarketer back when I was in high school. I remember, super Call. I remember hitting the button. It's, a, it's the wrong number. It's going to drop the call. So I, I try to live by that rule. Put him on Super Call. He will be on Super Call from now on. Fuck him. <laughs> Base, what would you call about? I know we talked about this before, but what would you call about? I would call them for credit cards. Hey, uh, do you want, uh, are you interested in new credit? But at least you were selling them something legit. <laughs> yeah, but I was telling the people like the worst credit of all time, being like, <laughs> "Hey, this has this has you've been pre qualified for a, a sixty eight percent APR credit card. Now, if you don't mind, I have your address listed as uh, Compton, California. Is that correct? Yeah, yeah. Send it over." <laughs> <laughs> Base, I bet you were responsible for for hey, more- the whole address. The whole address is in Compton, California. It's honestly what, man. I, I go to your address sixteen West Maple, Compton, California. I'll go ahead and send out the paperwork right now. Hi, can I uh, can I talk to Lil Snake? Is this Lil Snake? L I L Snake? Alicia Robinson. <laughs> Well, congratulations. You have been pre-qualified. Yes, I got to ask, how many of those calls ended up with an angry hang-up? I would always be like, hi, is this Felicia Brown? Yeah, who did? Congratulations. Click. All right. All right, another number. <laughs> congratulations. <laughs> Wait, Face, that was your opening line? Congratulations? Well, that, cause that, they, they would give you a specific script. Like, it would be like, you know, it would, it would be like, hi, is this? Fill in the name, and then you'd be like, you literally read down the script. Base, how many bankruptcies do you think you're personally responsible for? Well, considering I was in charge of the Compton and Long Beach, California <laughs> regions, probably a pretty decent amount. Congratulations. Can you imagine this asshole calling you? Congratulations. What? What a liar. Dude, uh, we, I mean, listen, it was the only job in Omaha, Nebraska that you can get. That you were making like sixteen dollars an hour plus commission. Oh wow! And what were you like, fifteen or something? I was I was sixteen years old. So you're like, fuck, man. Even if I don't make any commission, I'm I'm still making more than most people. And I mean, <laughs> sixteen years old. The only thing I really wanted was like, you know, why did you get the number one at Taco Bell on a Friday night? So was really it like care. one of those pyramid scheme things? Like I remember I went in for like it's a fake interview, and you walk in, there's like a hot girl sitting at a desk. There's like five hundred assholes wearing a shirt and tie with shitty resumes. And they're waiting to interview with some guy, and he's like, "You know what? We're, we do marketing here, and you know what? I'm going to give you a shot. I am going to give you a shot." It, it, it wasn't like that. It was more of like a. Uh, I mean, Omaha is like the capital of telemarketing, so it wasn't like a, a real like pyramid scheme. But there was definitely a hot chick at the front desk, and then they pretty much you pretty much got hired on the spot, and then like <laughs> a day later, you'd be in a uh, almost like a lecture room size like class of like you and like. 60 other people who just got hired that day. Like, the turnaround is crazy. <laughs> but, I mean, some of those dudes were, like, adults, like, 20s, 30s, that were trying to, like, make it a living. But then there were, like, guys like me who were just like, fuck, I don't want to work at Burger King, so I'll try this out for a little while. 
man, when I was 16, I was making like seven twenty-five at Walmart. I thought that was like a ton of money. Can you right, imagine making exactly. 16? Yeah. And you, I mean, you know, at the time you'd have a couple of shifts during the week and you know, you work on the weekends. I was like, that was a decent buck. But did, did you have so to have ha- a quota? It so happened that you got to, you got to spend your time calling, uh, you know, whoever from Compton, California, and tell them they've been pre-qualified for a credit card. And then were they usually denied, or was that back in the time where you could just approve anything? No, there were there were there were times where you would do it, and it would take a little bit, and then they'd be like, "Oh, sorry, it looks like you've uh, you've been denied for this process." I apologize. Why you waste my time, time, motherfucker? Oh yeah, oh yeah. And then there, were, there were times where I just all I needed to do was just like verify an address. I'll send you the information. And I was like, yeah, I just need to verify your address. Like, and you say I'm pre-qualified, right? Yes, that is. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> Pre someone someone who has the shittiest credit ever thinks they're pre-qualified for anything is such a yeah. lie. Well, no, I mean anybody anybody could be pre-qualified. That just means you've yeah, been. That means they found your name. Select, you've been selected in a lottery yeah. of names that people want to just <laughs> get an envelope to. You're not qualified. Yeah. You've just been you've been pre-qualified to be on my list to call. Yo, you know, you know, my last three cars were all repoed, right? Yeah, yeah. You're still pre-qualified, <laughs> though. I just need your yeah. social security. Can you imagine giving some asshole your social security number over the phone? I mean, uh, I mean, the, the, that was the time when they would. I mean, I would get those numbers. I mean, it wasn't like as like big as it is now to like get your your shit taken like that. But back then, all right, give me your social security number and your uh, your address and your uh, you know. You know, the last four digits of a bank account and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> Base, let's run through the call games. I want to hear your script. So, okay. hello? Hi, is this uh, Felicia Brown? Mm-hmm. Well, congratulations. You've been pre-qualified <laughs> for a MasterCard. <laughs> You're looking at a total APR interest rate of over 62%. And as I look 62%. here right now, all I got to do is send you... Information and do I have your address correct? Is it uh twenty three twenty three Maple Drive, Compton, <laughs> California? Maple. Yeah, that's it. All right. Well, let me go ahead and send this over to you. And if you have any questions, go ahead and give us a call back. Thank you so much. Have a great day. So, base did you did you get like um anything for hitting a quota? Did you get bonuses or anything? Um. Uh, yeah. The, you, it wasn't that much commission. It was, I mean, it was, that's why people were getting put on right? But you would, yeah, in order for me to get that out, I, I would get something for it, yeah. So you would get commission on top of the 16 an hour? Yeah, but it was, I was like, I forgot, it, it wasn't very much. That's why I was like, I don't give a shit if I make it pop. I don't remember <laughs> what it was, though. I just remember being like, fuck, $16 an hour. I can, I can plant my ass and get hung up on all <laughs> Congratulations. day. Congratulations. Hey, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I want to mention this before I forget, because... Okay, so we have thousands of people listen to this podcast legit, like we really do, but we don't have 15, we need to, I found out, in order to get the podcast to the next level, we need to get it to 15,000 uh, downloads per episode. Okay. Wow. That's- wait, 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 wait. What's the next level? No, I mean to like really make the podcast stand oh, okay. out on iTunes and everything else. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. So if we get 15,000. So I'm starting up something new. And by the way, if you if you subscribe, or if you listen to this at all, even if you don't listen on iTunes, subscribe on iTunes, comment, and rate the podcast with a five-star rating. That helps, too. But we need to get it to 15,000. So I'm starting up today the tell three friends rule. 
So anyone who listens to this podcast, and and you don't just say, I told three friends, I want to hold everyone accountable. Everyone said, like when Bass talks about the Amazon wish list, people are like, I'll pay for this podcast. I would never charge anyone for this podcast. But if you really want to help, just tell three friends. But tell like three good friends that you know would listen, not just like three assholes. (laughs) Like if it's someone who has a flip phone who probably has no idea how to do anything. Don't be like, oh, I told my friend Rocco. Hey, what the fuck is it? A cast pad? Cast pad? <laughs> what, what what frequency is that on? Was it on AM? <laughs> so if you tell if you tell someone intelligent, not even intelligent, but someone that could figure it out, and then two others, and then tell, I'd like to get a follow-up. Like, say, hey, I told uh, Rebecca, Tom, and Bill. And these are, the, maybe even tag them on social media. And those are three great people to tell, Rebecca, Tom, and Bill. That I really think that <laughs> they're all going. To, they're all going to listen. And tell if anybody knows a snake stable, tell that guy too. Yeah. If, if everyone told three people, we would have over. We'd have well over fifteen thousand people. So easily, we'd easily be over fifteen thousand if you would just tell three people each, and then they could start to tell three friend rule. And if we hold them accountable, and then, you know. And, and so on and so forth. And, so and they tell three friends, and so on, the biggest and, podcast so on and so on, and so on. But I would like to get some, some stuff on social media, like, oh, here's the three people I told. <laughs> and, hey, check this out. So, and the, tell three friends rule. And we'll see what happens. And I, I guarantee we get to the uh, 15,000 quick. And if we get it to 15,000, then it'll be, like, featured on iTunes and all that kind of stuff. It's kind of like feeling. I will. I will give a prize to every single one of you, 15000 I will give a significant prize. Ooh. <laughs> I will give a significant prize that you will definitely know. You, it, it, believe me, it's worth it. Do you ever see the fake, um, like when people are trying to get money from people, they're like, I will be making a significant donation <laughs> to charity. Like if you, if I'll, just give me $10 each. For my CD, and I will be making a significant donation to charity. Like, they never say the amount. Like, unless they say 100% of the proceeds to charity, if they don't give you the amount, it probably means, like, a quarter out of every $10 or a penny out of every $10. No, it's significantly all going into my pocket. Exactly. Did they ever say say at the end how much they gave to charity? Oh, no, of course not. I gave $14,000. Here's the thing. Don't give a percentage of anything to charity. Either give it all to charity or none to charity. Because what? it's cool, it's bold because if you want to give no, a wait, that was the dumbest thing you've ever said in your entire Hang life. Hang on, and let me explain. Let me explain. Don't just say I'm giving a percentage to charity and then decide like, oh, I'm gonna give a dollar. Make <clears> it like say I'm giving twenty five percent to charity. I'm giving fifty percent. Okay, well, that's not what you just that, that see that counters what you just said. You said either give it all or give none. That's not what I meant. I meant, like, say what you're going to give. And if it's really 1% out of the $10, which is, what, $0.10? You could say, I'll give $0.10. Like, just be honest about it. Every $10, I'm giving 1%. Even charity would be like, ah. You you need it more than we do. Even though we are a charity. Let's see. You need it more than we do. Let's see. You're going to sell 17 CDs, so we're going to get $1.70. And then, and then after all the fees online, we're going to get like forty cents. We're going to owe you seventeen dollars. <laughs> yeah, we're going to have to buy a CD. When you donate the money, it just says your Mastercard will be charged a dollar thirty. We're going to have to buy that CD CD now. 
I must say, because um, now I, I've been out of work officially now three weeks. And the people, oh, and by the way, this, uh, the last thing I'll talk about in this podcast is that workshop thing that I had to go to. Remember I told you guys I had to go to a workshop? Oh, yeah. yeah. But just before that, when's the last time you guys watched Maury? Uh, probably 17 years ago. Okay, because Maury. It's been a long, I always, I always seen them walk into a room and off. I never watched it. Okay, because apparently every unemployed person watches Maury. Like, that's all they do. <laughs> oh, the commercials? No, no, no. Just I, I feel like anyone who doesn't have a job watches Maury. Because everyone I talk to who's out of work, they're like, oh, yeah, did you see Maury yesterday? That and Judge Judy is like an official I have no job. Yeah. That, that's, how, that's how you know. If people are always talking about Judge Judy and Maury and Judge Mathis, you know they're not working. No, yeah, they're out. So what shows do you watch? Uh, Maury... Uh, Judge Mill, Judge Mills Lane. Uh, I can't believe that Maury is still on. <laughs> no, he's Wait, Maury. That's not really still on. Is it Judge Mills Lane? No, I, re- I remember that show. What, what was his line? Let's get, was it? Let's get it on. Or I don't remember. I think it was Let's Get It On because he yeah, would say that. He would say that on the show. He's like, Let's get it on at the in the courtroom. <laughs> Well, see, he wasn't really like a trained lawyer at some point. I mean, I, I know it's a stupid question, but no, I think he was. Of course, he was a boxing referee. No, no, he was really. He was. Know, but... He he was. He was really like a judge. Okay, okay, that's not because I, I think that he had. That. <laughs> <laughs> they can't just let you be a judge in like. Well, sure, they small claims court. It's television. You can't, but it, yeah, it, those are not sanctioned courts. You, you know the way those work, right? If you win Not the show, really. I know somebody who was on one of those shows, but if you win the show, just pays you your money. <clears throat> yeah, so you could be a judge. Yeah, that's right. Cause I, I know somebody who was on and they lost money, and, and I know they said that they completely covered the losses. Maybe that's like the the trade off for coming in. Yeah, the trade off for a lifetime of embarrassment. <laughs> 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 but anyways, it's funny on Maury. That there's always a, like a, a skinny white guy who looks like Eminem who comes out like it, like a picture of disheveled Eminem with like uh, the worst skin ever and, and they, tattoos everywhere. Yeah, they have tattoos or they're wearing glasses and they always they always sound like yo that's my baby that's my baby like they have that kind of voice <laughs> yo 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 that's my baby right there that's mine's that's mine's so, <laughs> where, where where are all these guys who look like Eminem where are they living? All these and, and, and they all live, the, they, live, they live with mom. All, <laughs> all their girlfriends are like four hundred pounds too. I know. I never. I've never understood the uh, skinny guy is in love with a four hundred pound woman. Well, I mean, I think it's just that's all you know. When you live in those towns, that's all it's available. Yeah, but you never see like a four hundred pound guy with like a really skinny girl. Oh yeah, you do. The, why are all the guys? Why are all the guys eighty pounds though? Because they don't eat. <laughs> they don't get any food. <laughs> They don't. Get, they don't get any nourishment. <laughs> oh my God. There's, there's a lack of nourishment in Hickville. Yo, that's my baby. That's my baby. That's mine. I, I I always think it's funny that Maury Povich used to be like he tried to be like a credible kind of a broadcaster, and then he tried to show it. And I wonder the first verse I went, "Yo, this father detector thing we're doing is muddy. <laughs> we can get ride this thing to the." Bank if you wanted to. There's no money yeah, in morality. 
That's it. Basically, wasn't Maury was actually a newsman, wasn't he? At some point, a long time ago. No, like, he was on a current affair. That current affairs, which I, oh, I okay. mean, it was it was like it wasn't like a very reputable thing. But he, like, his wife was Connie Chung. Like he was a. Uh, I mean, he, he had some sort of credibility to him. But then all of a sudden, it was like, "Are you the father?" <laughs> <laughs> Basically, you know, you know they're what? not together anymore. I think they I are. Don't know if they I think, are I think they are. I think they are. Base, you know what today's episode was about? What's that? Maury, guess. Are you the father? Exactly. So there, <laughs> like, there was there was a woman who uh, she was thirty five, and her mother claimed that th- this guy who just came out of nowhere, who said it was her father, said it was some other skinny. So it was a, 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 like a three hundred pound black lady, a ninety pound black guy. And then this bigger black guy. The bigger black guy said he was her father. The 90-pound guy, you know, thought he was the father. It turned out the big guy was the father. And then the woman was I, laying on the floor crying. She's like, no! What? Isn't that every episode, though? Aren't they all the exact same? Oh, yeah. Oh, God, yeah. And then the guy... It's and a, is, 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 isn't it also true, Abe, that if you watch Maury, there's no way you could ever get a job again? Oh yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Isn't that isn't that the rule? Like, as long as you're watching more, you'll never work again. Well, do you remember when the Grinch? Do you remember when his heart when it like grew? Like they showed yeah, the Grinch's I'm heart, sorry, it grew. Yeah. When you watch Maury, your brain shrinks. <laughs> well, I always, I always said that the shows are fine. You can watch them be entertained. It's just when they go to the commercials that it's the most depressing stuff of all time. It's like. Are you out of a job? You know how to write your name. Well, then you should enroll in the Illinois Institute of Writing Your Name. Yeah. You too could be, you too, with just eight months and some credits and your credit score, you could be putting in air conditioning system. Are you good with your hands? <laughs> yeah. Are you good uh, on can your hands? Can you lift 70 pounds over your head? No problem. <laughs> uh, and that's like a back-to-back commercial, like the uh, "It's my money, and I want it now." Do you have eyes? <laughs> if you do, have boy, you had, have you had a have you had a limb severely severed in a car accident, <laughs> but you haven't got your your money yet? Call us now. Did you get severe brain damage from an operation? If so, yeah, I've seen. I've actually seen that. Have you have you suffered brain trauma? I mean, it's like my God! It's like you were going for the lowest hanging fruit. <laughs> oh yeah, for sure. Did you get hurt at work? They always say that too. They love that one. Have you been hurt at work, or were you or a loved one in, in a car accident where someone died? And you're looking for the money. <laughs> here, here, here's a good rule: if you've sued your place of employment more than once, you're probably a piece of garbage, right? Yes. I mean, I. I I would go as far as saying for like Matt Lauer or something. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'll give you a pass if you sue your employer one time, but if you go back to that well, multi- like I have a friend who sued every job he's worked at. <laughs> literally every job. Literally every I gotta, job. I gotta give that. I gotta give that first credit because you're literally like one of these days I am gonna get one. One of these days, I'm going to sue everybody I work at. But one of these days, someone's going to pay me a lot of money to go away, and I'll never have to do this again. <laughs> <laughs> like the first eight gigs, you're probably like, 
we're not giving you a penny. And then there's that one that's like, you know what? We just want you to go away. How's a yeah. hundred grand pound? Yeah. Perfect. No, I want one fifty. I right, think you'll get nothing. Okay, a hundred. A hundred. I'll settle out of court for twenty in a Starbucks gift card. Let's do it. Could you imagine though when when it dips down to like sixty seven thousand, then it's like thirty three thousand, and then you have fourteen thousand in the bank, and then it's down to nine when it gets under ten. Like, can you imagine the panic? Because at some point you're going to go through that hundred thousand really quick, right? Oh God, yeah. Like, have you guys not ever? Necessarily, not if you're not, not if you're not an idiot. Someone, Sam, not, Sam, not, come on. And not to, not to mention the lawyers that you go through are like, hey, so we're going to go ahead and take away that annual thousand dollars that we got you in the uh, small print that. Uh, when you sign up to be with us, we said for every ten grand, we're going to take a thousand dollars every six months. So we're going to go ahead and deplete that right now. <laughs> we're going to take that entire amount now. We're going to yeah. assume you're living till eighty, so we're just going to take the whole hundred grand, and then every month you're going to get a thousand. The, the lawyers have complete, complete control of your bank account. Yeah, take it out. You you go on your Chase app. It says Starbucks four ninety seven. You're like, what the fuck? <laughs> you just just lawyers are, are using your 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 checking account to pay for stuff. Walgr- yeah. Walgreens nineteen dollars. Is it sad that the lawyer is sending me job leads right now? I wonder what that. Means. <laughs> Yo, you're gonna have to get back to work. Yeah, you're just gonna have to go get another one of these things. You're gonna live again. But Sam, you don't think the guy who sued his job would would say you really think he would save money? No, probably not. You're probably right. Have you guys ever got a big check, like whatever taxes or severance or something? And sure. then And then you go through it so fast, and then you're like, man. Well, see, I no, I don't. Though that's the thing. I had a Sam can. I'm not able. One of my one of my one of my mom's like best friends, but she passed away. Like unbeknownst to any of us, she left like my brother and I money. And I was like, just when I was like getting into college, I'm like, oh my. God. God, I'm going to pay for so much weed and alcohol. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> and now I'm just like, damn, what was I thinking? Did did how fast did you spend it? Well, I, that's when I bought my first car. Was that's it a, was, was it a lot of first. money or no? Uh, it was like about fifteen grand. Damn, that's a, and for a seventeen year old, that's a lot of money. Yeah, man, base like, you were base at seventeen. Well, I was like twenty one. Oh, twenty one. Oh. Damn. Yeah. That's still a you're, you're limited. You're, I was in college. I have like no money. I'm like, oh, that looks like a fucking check. Wait, so you but just got drugs and alcohol? You, but they don't tell you though any kind of inheritance or anything like that. They tax the shit out of you. Oh, so you got like a check for fifteen grand? Then the next year you got ten ninety nine. Yeah, I owe like that was, that was like half of that was taken away. Like half, before yeah. Base. So you just saw a check from like Ed Gold or something, and you're like. What's that? It was. It had like it had like you know like a New York address on it. And I'm like, this is from this? who's Eleanor Silver? Yeah, I was like, like, <laughs> my mom's like, oh, by the way, I didn't realize this, but apparently you're getting uh you opened up an account for you and your brother. I'm like, and my brother hey, was like, he was a, my brother was a smart hey, one. He's I'm, like, hey, I'm sorry, it's the most the two most stereotypical Jewish names: <laughs> Edie Gold and Eleanor Silver. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Had Abe, not, had, had Abe not been so close to the actual name, I would have been mildly, mildly offended. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Base, who, Base who, who was the lady? What was she? How was she related to you? She wasn't related. She was like my mom's like best friend, and she, her, like her and her family. Like, I think I told you this. Like her and her brother and her mom and her sister all died from Luke Gehrig's disease, like one at a time. 
Oh man! Wow. And when she when she passed away, like she never had any kids on her own, but she was always like at our you know our family parties. And she was always at events, and then when she passed away, she left my brother and I money. And I, I burned through that shit like it was like I was a like a rock star who just signed his first like paycheck. And my brother was like, "All right, I'm going to invest and buy some property." I'm like, "That sounds like a good idea." What a, what a way to salute her memory, <laughs> base. I, I was 21 years old, man. I didn't know. Who wants burritos? Burritos! <laughs> I was like, let's 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 take that burrito and stuff it inside of a lobster. Let's roll. They're like, uh, base. What is uh, that? And you're like, it's kegger time. <laughs> Who wants a burrito? Who wants a burrito? <laughs> Base, were you? Base, when you got you the, get a burrito, you get a burrito, <laughs> and then some assholes like, "Yo, dog, I'll take extra beans on mine." Whatever, two two helpings of extra beans. Stuff it inside some steak. Let's roll. Base, were you with me that time when I bought that homeless guy a burrito and he told me no tomatoes and no beans? <laughs> yes, it was. Do you remember that? <laughs> what was that? <laughs> what an asshole! Like. Shouldn't you want as much as you can eat? Like, is it time to be picky? No tomatoes, no beans. Yo, man, uh, just make sure there's no tomatoes and no beans on there. I, what? And then I actually got him. I got him a burrito. I was that was say, if you're if you're homeless, you have the right to tell people you have food allergies. <laughs> yeah, you have to eat through those allergies, right? As of right now, I, I do not yeah. enjoy cilantro at all. But if I'm homeless and I got no food going on, and you're like, here's a steak taco with some cilantro. I'm not gonna be like, you know what? Maybe next time. Yeah, you better if if you're if you're allergic to anything, you better be sneezing while eating that burrito. Yeah, yo man, uh, if, just, even if I'm, if I'm lactose intolerant and I'm homeless, I'll take the milkshake right off your hand. Yo Come man, uh, yo, just no tomatoes, no beans. I and then I actually said no tomatoes, no beans when I came up. Yo man, you didn't give me. <laughs> yo man, you didn't give me no sauce, no hot sauce. <laughs> Shouldn't you not worry about uh, condiments when you're homeless? Isn't it just about nutrition and nourishment, like anything? Just get it in. Just get it in. Anything you can put in your mouth and not not being specific. Yo, man. I, yo, I don't eat chicken. What? I, I keep kosher. I don't. I don't. I don't eat. I, I don't eat, eat chicken. Swine. I don't eat swine. I had a, fr- I had a friend I used to work with, and uh, we'd go to lunch, and he would buy. It. He started buying this homeless guy lunch every single day, and like the guy kept coming back. And he did it for like a year straight, and the guy was there every single day at like twelve o'clock, and he always bought him lunch. Like he was waiting out by our door, coming out, and like my friend bought him lunch every single day, and he like kept coming back for it. And they would never even say a word. He would just like go and buy lunch and hand it to him. The guy would just walk away. Well, that's nice of him. But yeah, I mean, it was it was a cool gesture, and it's like, you know, I, I don't think that homeless people should have to like kiss your ass. It's like, oh no, I, I, like I your guy was. Like the question is, is, why did you buy it for him? It's like, what if he real? What if he had a bean allergy, or he really hates tomatoes? I mean, just because you're homeless doesn't mean like you have like well, I'm gonna shit in a tortilla and you'll eat it, right? It's not well, like, no, no, but you know what I'm saying. Like, come on, <laughs> you don't have to yell, yo, man. Just make sure no beans, no tomatoes. <laughs> it's Sam. It's completely di- wait. It's completely different. Me saying, "What? I'm gonna buy you some food. What do you want?" Him yelling out, "No tomatoes, no beans," and then me saying, "You're gonna eat my shit." That's got that's kind of a huge difference. No, you'll eat shit. You're hungry? Eat this. Get on the ground. Get on the ground. It's eating time. 
<laughs> oh, so we'll wrap uh, it up on this. I So I went to that workshop thing, right? The first thing they said is, here's how to write a resume. And I'm like, well, I have a resume. And then she's like, let me take a look. I'm like, was my... The whole, was, the whole, was the workshop at the Maury studio? Or... <laughs> should have been. As a matter of fact, that's where they did should... They, did, they, did they run a cotton swab through your mouth before you watch it? <laughs> <laughs> They're like, we might, we might need this for a DNA test later on today. We're going to need this for Sweeps Week. <laughs> There was this kid in there. I got you, John. Yo, man, we need. Yo, man, we need a skin sample. It's <laughs> just like a testing ground for more episode. Yo, man, we need to scrape the inside of your cheek. <laughs> what are you doing? What, what does this have to do with writing a resume? <laughs> Hair follicle. Sir, whatever you want to do, just turn your head and cough real quick. All right, now we're going to give you a lie detector test. You think they're going to ask you, like, if you've been applying for jobs or, like, did you ever cheat on Tanya O'Neill? Yeah. Who the hell's Tanya? Okay, perfect. Do you have a baby named Shantae? They call you next week to, like, the bad news, sir, is there's no available jobs. The good news is you've qualified for 12 different episodes before. The good news. The good news is, and congratulations, we're flying into New York to be on the Maury Puppet Show. Here's a picture of Little Puppet Jr. Do you know this kid? This is Little Puppet Jr. What would you say if we thought you may be the father? Anyway, don't don't tell us right now. So anyways, here's how to write a resume. You want to use uh, Arial font. The font size would be twelve. Yeah, they said she's now. She's like now. Nah. Wow. She, she was over pronunciating everything. She's like, what you want to do is use a font, <laughs> and she kept doing that. Use a font that is gonna stick out. So you don't want to just use Arial font. You might want to use Courier. And then you know what she? I swear she said this too. She made up a scenario where she called me handsome. She goes, so what if there was a, like you, young man, what if I said, you're a handsome guy, what would this handsome guy do in this scenario? And she kept calling me handsome three times. Wow. You should have followed me too right there. Now, keep in mind, I was around some real winners. Like, just picture, picture like the garbage pail kids and me, so... It wasn't like, it's like, you know, they always, like, you know, I always say you want to, for your profile picture on social media, you want to be around the most disgusting people ever. So you look better. Yeah. So you were, it was you, Joe Blow, <laughs> who else from the garbage bell kids? There was a kid who looked like on, the, the basketball player, Andre Ugolata, and all he kept doing was going, <laughs> <laughs> like the loudest yawning I've ever seen in my life. Just yawning super loud the whole three hours. That's all he kept doing was don't, don't don't you think that yawning is the worst path to success? Like can you th- could, could you think of a worse <laughs> path to success yeah. than yawning? Think about any any scenario in life yawning. Yawning is the worst thing you could do. But I felt bad for this kid actually cuz he said he didn't graduate high school and all this stuff. If you go to the like the unemployment office, you really feel bad for a lot of these people because I feel like a lot of them don't even have a chance. Like they have no yeah. skills, no education. They're just literally taking anything they could get. Like, there's no dream, yeah. right? Like, all of us have some kind of path, like some kind of light at, our, at the end of our tunnel. They uh, don't. I, 
I, I don't know if that's actually true for everybody. Well, maybe you maybe you don't right now, Sam. But, but like, but like, but but. but I'm not saying me. I'm not, no, I'm fine. I'm, I'm saying, I'm saying that to say we all have a light at the end of the tunnel. No, no, no. I'm saying there. I'm saying there's. I'm saying there's a goal. It looks like they have no chance. No, no. I'm saying like okay, so like me, like radio, right? Like that's my path, right? Like I, that's yeah. like something that I aspire for, right? Yeah, well, that's good. Most people don't have that. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like a lot of those people don't even have anything close to that, though. There's nothing that even makes them want to yeah. do anything like that. They're just kind of just taking. I will say, I will say this: nothing beats an Abe trying to go into a PSA and Sam totally reckoning it and making Abe come up with a whole new scenario why that might work. <laughs> that is funny. <laughs> All I'm going to say is, these people have no path, no light of the other tunnel. Land it in the end. No one has a path. No one has a path. Honestly, Abe cutting a PSA at the end of the podcast. I know. It's all about giving hope. What is this? What is this? What is this? What is You'll, you'll be women wear like, dental or what do they call the what's the almost, what's the female almost, birth control called? Almost a dental dam. Where, yeah, dental dam, right? I don't. I know. I still don't really know what that thing. Is. I've heard that term. I don't know what that is, but almost like goofy '90s sitcoms that the last episode somebody got like raped or molested. That's what you're doing right now. You're like, all right, let let wait. Hang on. Enough. Enough. PSA. Yeah, it's enough of the PSA. I, I need to know right now what a dental dam exactly is. And well, that's, that's, one, and that's what you need to gross. tell three friends about this podcast. Yeah. Wait. It sounds super gross. Wait, a rubber <laughs> d- design? Hang on. It's 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 a thin six inch square sheet, usually latex. Let's go back to the PSA. Come on, now you're. Abe, Abe, I was gonna say, how did we even launch into this? Wait, it's for your teeth. You went, you went, you went into a PSA. Oh. Well, go to a PSA. <laughs> it's, 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 give me God. a description of a dental Oh wait, wait for sec- for women who have sex. <laughs> Wait, especially oh, PSA, sorry. wait, wait! A dental dam is actually for your mouth. Face. I bet there was one person. Getting emotional. Somebody was somebody was tearing up during that PSA. Looking up dental dams. I was gonna say, there's no way we could have made a sharper left turn to this podcast. You're gonna be shocked. Uh, You're gonna be I shocked. Feel bad for people. I feel bad for people with no education that are stuck in the system. So, uh, hold on. The definition <laughs> of a dental dam is this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 I interrupted the PSA with my with, my, <laughs> with logic. I'm sorry. Yeah. I tried to be serious for a second, Sam. Y'all go back to the way you like it. I'll go back to the way you like it. <laughs> If anyone is in, for the tell three friends rule, also another piece of information you can give us is: Are you going to give a number at the end? If anybody's having like problems? No, have, have you have you ever <laughs> like, a, like, a, like an eight hundred number? Yeah, I will say I will say this: if if you are in a bad spot, you should at least try to start taking steps towards something you like doing. Like, let's say you like playing instruments or whatever. You like art, whatever you like, you should start doing things like that to go along with whatever shit you're doing for money. Now, to the dental dam, if you've ever used a dental dam, <laughs> let us know through social media and let us know exactly. Because I'm looking up pictures. So if you have any pictures of dental dams, tag me and let me know what it looks like. I mean, I see what it looks like, but let me know exactly 
how you used it and why you used it. And what kind of a dirty girl would she have to be for you to pull out a dental dam? Like, wouldn't she be insulted if you pulled out a dental dam? Like, is, is, there, is there a bigger insult than a dental dam? Like, like what, what are you doing? Oh, I'm actually, I'm actually, I'm, I'm getting sick thinking about this. I mean, I'm actually, I'm feeling queasy. Oh, oh, I'm dental. putting on my dental oh. dam. <laughs> oh, God. All right. Well, if you've ever experienced a dental dam, let me know. And then tell three friends and then we'll, uh, we'll, yeah. we'll holler next week. All right, guys. Time to do that. All right, gentlemen. Peace. Later. Thank you, Abe, for all the laughter. David Blaine, your magic is real and I believe in you.